sure. Well, first of all, it was a complete surprise. Um, was not expecting that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with like, you know, how one goes about nominating for Star Wars. I'm familiar with, you know, like who is involved in the decision making. But the thing is, I actually have no idea who nominated me oh, to this day. Okay. Hello, and welcome to You Should Hear This, a podcast for the Everyday Association Professional. I'm Nick Estrada, your host. Each year, ISAE, like many associations, recognizes the best of our membership through awards. Our awards are known as STAR, or the Society's Top Award of Recognition. In these categories, we recognize both associations and individuals for their innovation, contributions, and impact on the association industry. Today, we get a chance to chat with one of our very own individual award winners to learn more about what they've done, but even more on why what they've done is important and how it paves the path for future involvement for others. Our guest today is Erica Poff, CAE, PMP, IOM, Vice President of Nonprofit Effectiveness with Talbot Talent. With more than a decade of experience, Erica has a proven track record of strengthening associations. Her areas of expertise include strategic planning, business development, credentialing, government relations and advocacy, partnership development, volunteer recruitment, and management training and project management. Having spent her career with local, national, and international nonprofits, Erica is passionate about helping mission-driven organizations succeed in meeting the needs of their members and enriching their communities. Welcome, Erica. We're glad to have you here with us today. Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun uh, way to get to know more, right, about our current members. Yeah, and I'll say this is the first time I've ever. I mean, I listen to podcasts all the time, but to actually like be part of one, this is this is pretty cool. So, thank you so much for having me. Remember us when you become uh, a famous uh, guest on podcasts. No, don't worry. I'll never be too big for you guys. (laughs) You know, just just kidding. But no, really, as you'll probably see through my questions, I'm a, I'm a pretty big, dedicated ISAEer, so um, it's that. my pleasure. We love that. So just to get us started, tell us a little bit more about your journey into the association world and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I think like most association people, association professionals, my journey was by no means linear or even really planned. Um, at least that's what I, whenever I talk to others with this line of questioning, that's what comes up. But, you know, as I have talked to others, you know, in our line of work, um, I think I've discovered that my path might be even a little bit more like different or off the beaten path. So I actually started out in international development. Um, I went to school, got my bachelor's and master's in political science, um, particularly interested in like um, international economics um, and economic development. So when I finished my master's, uh, I went to Ohio University, I moved to Washington, D.C., and I got a job, which at the time I would say was probably my dream job, uh, with an amazing organization called the Center for International Private Enterprise, or SIPE for short, it's a bit of a mouthful otherwise. And um, they are a large nonprofit organization that works with civil society organizations in developing countries, um, specifically around issues of like, you know, promoting entrepreneurism and public policy advocacy and those types of things. Um, I, uh, oh, I think probably one thing I should mention is uh, during my time in college, um, I developed a regional expertise in Sub-Saharan Africa. So I was on their Africa team at this organization called SIPE. And I was now working in Eastern and Western Africa with civil society organizations. But here's a kicker. It wasn't just any type of civil society organization. It was professional trade associations and chambers of commerce. 
So that was my real introduction to associations. And as I continued to work with them more, and I did grow, you know, I had a few different roles at the organization over the years. Um, I became a lot more interested in kind of the institutions of what, you know, an association is. Like, what does it represent? Um, especially working in countries that were very young democracies or questionable <laughs> democracies, if you will, uh, the concept of representation is either very new or very weak. And so associations were really critical in filling that role. Um, there were a lot of groups in these societies that otherwise wouldn't have a voice, whether it be from, you know, trying to reduce barriers to starting a business to, you know, trying to, you know, reduce corruption um, across the gamut. And so for me, my understanding of associations was as much like it was a microcosm of democracy. It, it was really critical to the livelihoods of a lot of individuals. And then as I started realizing that, wow, and there's a whole lot of associations here in America, <laughs> you know, maybe not um, in some cases fulfilling that, you know, really critical role of representation, but, you know, doing, you know, a whole lot of other types of services and benefits. Um, I decided, you know, okay, so I have this kind of global regional expertise in Africa, but I think I'd like to develop out my technical expertise um, in and around associations. And so um, I went to IOM, uh, the Institute for Organization Management through the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation um, from there. And um, this is where it kind of kind of um, dovetails when I uh, talk about, okay, and then I went into an association instead of just working with associations I went into. Uh, the dovetail part is um, I was actually kind of reaching a point where uh, my husband and I were ready to leave DC and come back to the yeah. Midwest. So it was both a slight career shift as well as a geographic change, but doing so allowed me then to really get in the business of the association. So I actually worked with a credentialing group for several years um, and learned a lot more about membership and continue to grow my skill set. And then now here I am at Talbot Talent today, where I, in my role, get to work with a lot of um, executives and board members of associations, a lot of different types of groups and help support them in everything from their governments. We have primarily work with them with their talent, so volunteer and paid talent, but improving their governance providing a lot of different services to help these associations through their, their volunteer and paid talent to better achieve their missions. And so that can take a lot of different forms, but um, a lot of what we do is executive recruitment and we do hiring services um, and we do a lot of transition services like um, onboarding. We do a uh, new member board training, <laughs> succession planning and transition planning, um, and so, so that's my journey again, by no means linear, by no means planned. <laughs> um, but that's how I got to where I am today. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think we hear that, that kind of non-linear path pretty consistently. You mentioned that. I think um, many of us have that similar kind of flow for how we got to where we are. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that you brought up the kind of the impact of associations. And I think sometimes we downplay that, right? We, we think, oh, this is just an association for, you know, X, right? Insert the topic yeah. or the, the industry or whatever that means. And even if we're not addressing some of the major issues that your group was maybe hitting on, right? Those are still very important components for what our members are doing, right? That may be their mm -hmm. livelihood, even if it's not burgeoning democracies, uh, you know, in sub-Saharan Africa. But here, right, maybe for them, that feels really important. And I think that that is important for all of us to recognize the impact that the work that we um, we do in associations 
means both on the local scale and, and at the larger scale for mm -hmm. folks um, as we look at whether it's a statewide association or it's a national or international group. Mm -hmm. I would say, I, and if I could just share a perspective on that. So Absolutely. I, you know, we have like, um, so of course we have the three branches of government, you know, and then uh, you also have media and I believe that's been called like the fifth estate, you know, and so if we have these other, you know, when we think of the important players and what makes our society what it is, you can't downplay the role of civil society organizations like mm -hmm. associations because, you know, the ability for lawmakers to really have any type of expertise or insight to the things that they're passing laws on require associations like us to come and advise, whether it be on a, prof a profession, an area of trade, um, you know, understanding those impacts. A lot of that research, a lot of that information comes from associations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how this, this is talked about in the news and highlighted, you know, that that's a role that associations play. And so, um, you know, we always, I think it's, you know, everyone in the association sphere jokes like, there's an association for everything. And it's, well, there's a reason for that. And it's right. because the, you know, we all are kind of working together from, you know, how our society is constructed and the laws are made and how they're, you know, in the inputs that go into them, but then also how people are held accountable and then how businesses and economies develop. And so, I mean, we're part of a greater ecosystem, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think not to harp on the pandemic by any means, but I think that showed the power and the, the need for associations really more so than a lot of things I think in our lifetime so far. Um, I think it was really just a great opportunity to showcase who we are and what we can do to support members. Mm -hmm, for sure. You know, you have a very interesting title. Um, I I like, you know, you're not just like the vice president of non nonprofit, you know, account manager or, you know, whatever, right, that it could be. Um, uh, or just nonprofit associations, you know, I think as we look at that, right, like there's a lot of ways that you all could have probably written your title. Um, and I think the vice president of nonprofit effectiveness is a very interesting word choice. So I'm curious if you could just share a little bit more about your specific role, what it is that you do, and kind of how that impacts associations, um, especially as a supplier member. Sure. Okay. So um and, you know, there was a lot of discussion internally, like amongst our staff, you know, when we came to this point of like, you know, how is it we want to communicate our respective roles with all the talent. And um, I think what you find is pretty much everyone, um, with exception of our president, I mean, she's president, right, you know, but the rest of us, if we wanted it to be more focused on what it is we, you can expect in terms of what it is we deliver or what it is we can contribute, as opposed to just like, you know, a title or you know, the, the what it is that we do. So my title is reflective of the nature of the work that I am doing with our clients in the nonprofit sector, and the majority of them are associations, in terms of working with them to develop solutions that will help them to meet their missions. You know, I've, this was my first time uh, working outside of an association nonprofit, you know, although I'm still working with them, hence, you know, where, you know, I'm considered this a supplier member. So it was my first time not working in, in, in an environment, excuse me, where I wasn't working directly on a mission or trying to work towards a specific goal. What we do is more indirect, but nonetheless really crucial is, you know, we're helping through like giving the inputs, the talent, and the empowerment that's, that they need that they don't necessarily have internally um, amongst their paid staff or, you know, other types of volunteers or resources. And that, that in turn empowers them to meet their missions. And so 
This also plays on my, you know, history of nonprofit association expertise and how I am bringing that as well as the best practices of our company to this, you know, this approach of we are providing that that expertise and, and talent support to help others achieve what they're trying to do with their organizations. I, there's there's a few different parts to that question, so I know I probably missed something. Um. No, I, <laughs> okay. I think that, I think that totally hits it, and I think. I, I appreciate right the help them meet their mission. I think that you know when we think about suppliers um, or vendors right in the association space, I think that's what they're always there for, right? They are there to help make my organization more effective, more successful, you know, meet whatever metrics we're trying to meet in a better or easier way. Um, and I think that 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 means I like again I like that title because I think it's very clear about what you're trying to achieve. And I like the phrasing you use there, right? It's It was important for you all to recognize what you can impact or bring to the table versus just a title, right? I always say in the association world, titles mean nothing. Uh, <laughs> they do, right? They mean something, but at the same right. time, um, I think they only mean something if you've done like what you've done, which is you've really thought about what that means. It's not just, oh, it's a director, it's a vice president of, a, of an area, right? But it needs to yeah. actually mean something. And I think that's, that's very cool. Yeah, thank you. You just mentioned um, that this is your your first role, not on the association side. And I'm curious, what got you interested in serving on the supplier or the vendor side of things? So I will say it, it wasn't exactly an intentional choice where, you know, I'm leaving the, I'll say the direct impact on mission type work, you know, in the associations or in the nonprofits, and, and I want to be a supplier. It was just more of a a bit of a shift in terms of, you know, where I was in my life at the time and where I, you know, want to kind of take my career. I knew I wanted, so this was, you know, we're a few months into the pandemic in 2020, you know, and what better time than to change than in the middle of a global pandemic, you know, it's, um, I say that somewhat facetiously, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there's opportunity in chaos mm -hmm. and uncertainty. And so, you know, maybe shaking things up in a time when things are shaken up is the way to go. And so I'd been thinking for a long time about wanting to go into consulting just because in my various roles and associations, I'd worked with a lot of subject matter experts and I worked with a lot of consultants who were able to bring those things to the table that we wouldn't necessarily have, you know, internally in terms of additional capacity or knowledge or expertise. And I, you know, over the course of my career to this point, you know, I always really admired and looked up to those consultants because yeah, their role is a bit narrow and it's very specific, but it's something that is always really important and critical to whatever it is, you know, we were doing in a project or, you know, with a, with a member or something like that. And I just thought it was really cool that they get to work and interact with a bunch of other associations and they get all this exposure and experience in terms of what works, what doesn't. And that really, I think, works with how my brain works. Um, and so I was like, you know, I've, I've always kind of thought about this consulting thing. Maybe now's the time let's go for it. And that was a bit of a challenge because, you know, it, the, the thing about, you know, kind of going it, you know, on as something like a consultant is there is a whole lot of business parts to it that have nothing to do with the actual work that you're doing mm -hmm. with associations. And I figured out pretty quickly that at least at this point in my life, I'm not interested in all of that that background stuff. Like I got into, you know, I, I applied for, you know, like my, my business license and got the EIN tax number and all that. And I said, no, I really just want to work with clients. And, um, <laughs> but I kind of committed to this, but at that time, um, you know, as I'm just starting out, I'm now reaching out to my immediate network, you know, and one of the very first people I reached out to was 
Leah York. Leah York is the president of Talbot Talent, thus she is my boss. And um, I had met her actually at ASAE's annual conference in 2019 at the Indiana night that was hosted by ISAE. So that was definitely, you know, an ISAE connection. And then, you know, I'm, as I'm, you know, thinking about like, oh, how I actually want to do, go out about this, you know, how do I get clients? You know, she's one of the first people I reached out to and she very quickly invited me to lunch and over a conversation said, why don't you come consult with me? We have a lot of this kind of work that, you know, and then that's how I, you know, very quickly was able to, you know, offload those consulting business side of the responsibilities and then come into, you know, it's, um, it's a small woman run business, but really capitalizing on my expertise and allowing me to explore these areas of working with different types of clients, but, you know, at a very high level with boards, with committees, you know, with executives. And so, so again, it wasn't intentional about becoming a supplier, but through a few changes I was exploring in my life and then this opportunity, it just absolutely made sense. And so far it's been fantastic. Yeah, that's great. And it seems like, right, like you're still able to flex those association support member impact kind of things, but now being able to do it for a large variety, right, of mm-hmm. associations. So it's almost sounds like to me, right, like that impact is actually broader than if you were just working for a singular association. And I think that's a that's a neat perspective to be able to take, um, especially when you move to the vendor side, right? And I think mm-hmm. you also then get to bring that perspective with you. Like I've been, I've been in your shoes. I know what that means. I know what it's like. Right. And I think that that is a stronger consultant for sure when we have stuff like that. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have you here um, to talk about your STAR Award that you received at the end of 2021. Um, so first, congratulations on that. Thank you were you. The, the individual supplier of the year. So I'm curious, can you just share with me, you know, obviously there was a nomination process, there was an application, right? So we, you know some things that have likely been submitted on your behalf, but I'm curious in your own words, if you can share what you think you did that helped you to receive that award this year. Sure. Well, first of all, it was a complete surprise. Um, Was not expecting that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with like, you know, how one goes about nominating for Star Wars. I'm familiar with, you know, like who is involved in the decision-making but the thing is, I actually have no idea who nominated me oh, to this day. Okay. Um, because so I was there with Total Talent. We had a, a table. So I was there, you know, with with Leah York and also, you know, our, our business development director, a few other, you know, of our my close uh, colleagues in the association community. And, you know, I'm just like, that was great. So did any of you? And they said it wasn't me. So <laughs> even those that I was most like immediately that I work with on a you know regular day to day basis. Um, so it was someone else. So I actually don't know. That's exciting, <laughs> But whoever it was, thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, so were you like so, listening and you're like, they're describing things and you're like, oh, that's interesting. That sounds like me. Oh, wait, that's me. That's actually, that's pretty much exactly what happened. So um, <laughs> unfortunately, I was one of those people that was looking at my phone at the moment <laughs> that they started describing it. And, you know, in my defense, it was, you know, I have a two-year-old at home and, and my husband was just kind of he was asking me where one of his toys was. He was supposed to be asleep by this point. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm kind of at something, but did you check behind the crib? Did you? And then, yeah. (laughs) In in the, but in the background, then I start hearing these things that are starting to resonate and I look up and I'm just like, Oh my God, I really need to pay attention right now. (laughs) This sounds familiar. Like I'll, I'll text you back later, you know, good luck finding the stuffed giraffe. Um, And then, yeah, once it came up, I was just like, are you kidding? That's so cool. That was, that was really, really cool. So, um, 
So I'm super honored, first of all. Um, in terms of what um, I think helped me to receive that award, um, well, I was um, I was pretty engaged in 2021. Um, I was on two committees. I was on the Young Professionals Committee and the uh, Government Affairs Committee. And then I was also part of the DEI Task Force, um, which they are actually, they've extended out their mandate for a second year. And so I think... I imagine that probably just that, you know, I became pretty visible, I guess, within ISAE, not necessarily intentionally, but just through all my service. Um, and I also attended quite a few events and wherever possible, um, you know, I would just go up to, you know, if there was, you know, if a committee was running it, I might go to some of the committee and be like, hey, do you need some help? Mm -hmm. um, like at the... Um, at the uh, ICON in July, for example. I mean, it was actually, there was one session that was being led by the DEI task force, which I was on, but then I said, like, hey, you know, if we're doing roundtables, do you need me to take some notes? Do you need me to, you know, help come up with some ideas? And then, or going up to the staff and just saying, hey guys, do you need anything? And so, and, and again, none of that was because I was like, oh, I'm gonna get an award this year. That was <laughs> not even what I was thinking, but um, I think it was one, a combination of in those like events, situations, I was just so happy to be out and in public and at events in person and seeing the people that, you know, I've connected with because I want to say ICON was my first in-person event since the pandemic, had, you know, and so as we just kept doing that, I'm just like, I'm just so happy to be here, folks, you know, what can I do to just talk to more people? <laughs> so it was selfish, but um, then, yeah, I imagine it was just, um, you know, just, you know, being part of those committees, trying to, you know, add value wherever I could, or I felt I was comfortable to. And um, yeah, I guess, I guess I would be it. And again, yeah. if, whoever nominated me, you, I would love to know what it was that <laughs> made you, you know, put, they had, you had me in mind for that. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it, it's great to see involved suppliers. I think it's not always the case. Right. I think a lot of the times it's I've we've paid our sponsorship or we've you know, we've done whatever we need to. And, and that's great. Obviously, we we need that. So I don't want to downplay that by any means. But I think it's really great when you can bring other perspectives, other success metrics, other things right to the table as a supplier, because I think it shows from an association professional side, right, like you're engaged in the success of the industry. And I think that that's really important. So why? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, if I, could, I, I will say, though, it's like I don't really think of myself you know, in terms of like, you know, the supplier or, or, you know, what have you. And I do know though, in having, because I am kind of in this category with an IC, I have had the chance to meet with a lot of other suppliers and vendors. And like me, there's a lot of CAEs that work in that environment. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I think like, and I won't speak for anyone else, but for me is I, I see myself as an association professional. This is my industry. And mm -hmm. so whether I am with an AMC or with an association, or I'm on the supplier side, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's, I'm investing, like you said, in the profession and in the community, because it's what I do and it's what I care about. Yeah. And I think that's so important, right? Again, we're all on the same team. We all need the same thing. Oh, yeah. Right. I think when we think about a lot of vendors, right, if the association world wasn't here, they may not exist um, mm -hmm. as a solution, at least, right? They, the business may still be there, but it would be for a different reason. And I think that's, that's important for all of us to remember. So for you, and you kind of just hit on this a little bit, right? So I'm not going to say as a supplier anymore, but just why for okay. you, why is it important for you to be engaged in the association? Like, why is that so important? How does it help you personally? Um, and how does it help the association as a whole? Yeah, so I, I guess I'll say um, on the professional side is, um, 
and again, working in the association world, um, you know, I think it's kind of a given, okay, you work with associations, you kind of have to be part of the association for the association people, <laughs> you know, it would be, you know, it would almost like, let's just say, you know, if I was looking for a consultant who in associations and they weren't a part of an association, I'd probably question if they were the right person, but you know, so there's a professional side and there's the professional benefits. Like I do get, I mean, I read the emails that are coming from ISAE and ASAE. I am regularly getting, you know, signing up for the webinars. I'm getting a lot of education again, because I work with a lot of different clients, you know, having this understanding of best practices, both that, which is perhaps a little bit more just it's new and theoretical and we're reading about it, but also that, which is kind of more proven and then being able to see how that can actually work for our clients. And so, and then of course, networking, I mean, I mentioned earlier, Earlier, like I wouldn't have my mm. current position had I not met Leah through an ISAE event. So there's a lot of benefits there. But I'm going to get real with you for a moment. The real reason that I'm a part of ISAE is because I just really like it. I am not originally from Indianapolis. Um, I did move here in 2017. Um, but you know, like a lot of, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to make friends as an adult. There comes a certain <laughs> point, you know, and then at one point, you know, I started having a family and, but ISAE helps me feel more connected to the Indianapolis community. I have, I, I really like working in this industry, not just because of my passion for associations as institutions, but I have found that association folks tend to be, you know, pretty like-minded or at least, you know, we tend to like some of the same things and we think the same way. And I mean, the membership at ISAE, for lack of a better word, is just really cool. I mean, we really have a good time when we're together. You know, I've never had anything less than a super interesting conversation and genuine, you know, engagement. Um, And especially in this time coming out of the pandemic, ISAE has been kind of helping me to feel like it's not just me in my home with my family, even if it is just Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. It's it's helped me to feel connected with others, again, in my profession and in my community. And so even approaching, like, you know, I said I was on three committees last year. Well, when I approached it, it had nothing to do with my career or my profession. I went into it with, I need human connection and I really like and care about these issues. So I'm going to do this for me. <laughs> And I mean, and, you know, maybe it sounds a little selfish, but I mean, it, it sounds like at the end of the day, ISAE benefited from it. And so, so yeah, I mean, I've been part of the young professional group for a few years now. I absolutely love it. So there's no questions to be part of that. Um, I, my, I started out my career doing government relations advocacy with all those associations in Africa. And so I'm like, but I've never worked on it at the state level. And I actually don't know much about how, you know, government in the state of Indiana works in terms of how they engage with associations and nonprofits. So I really want to be part of that. And then DEI, I really care about it. So, mm-hmm. so I went into it for, per, um, for the personal reasons. And, you know, it sounds like every, uh, there are others that benefit from it, which is great, but um, I encourage others to be a little bit selfish about it because I think that it, be, it lends itself to a more fulfilling and satisfying experience. Not that you shouldn't do it because, you know, if professionally it's expected that you should totally do it, but you get more warm and fuzzies when you do it for the personal reasons. Yeah. And I don't think it's selfish at all. Right. I mean, I think as you mentioned, right, like there's a reason why associations exist and associations exist to bring like-minded people together to further their industry, their profession, or whatever else the association is there to support. Right. And so I think when we, 
And I think if we flip this on its head, right, not for the association for associations, if we think about this for our own members, I think I view that as maybe that's why some of my volunteers are so engaged, right? Sometimes there's volunteers that I'm sure we all, we all work with sometimes that we're like, ooh, you're a lot of work to manage. But I think that means those are the people as well, right, who are so invested in the success of the association, not necessarily from a professional standpoint, though, from a this is one of my personal outlets. This is the thing I really care about. And if that means that the way I care about it is through creating some new things for the association, then great. Right. Yeah. But I gain a lot of value out of engaging with the individuals who are part of my association. Um, yeah. And so I, I think if we can take that to heart and remember that for ourselves, as we work with volunteers, I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the things that you've impacted, what are some of the things you've done as you've been a part of ISE that you've just really, really appreciated or you've really enjoyed the opportunity to be a part of? Yeah. Um, well, I probably have to mention the Young Professionals Committee again. Um, you know, I've, especially as I'm getting closer and closer to no longer being technically considered a young <laughs> professional, I have... <laughs> I've really leaned into and recognized more the importance of young professionals. Cause it's one thing when you're like starting out your career and people talk about like, you know, the young, they're the next generation. Well, I feel like when you're in it, you don't fully appreciate that. It, you're just kind of thinking like, Oh no, I'm doing my own thing and I'm, I'm going my own way. And sure. I'm the future. That sounds great. But then as you start to go through your career and you're seeing the others coming in behind you, I think that's when the impact of like what that, you are the future really means starts to hit. And then it's like, no, I really need to be engaged, not just for myself, but as part of that sustainability, like, you know, I want there to be some legacy to what as I'm doing now. I want these associations to be around when I'm no longer here. And also it's, there are some really great opportunities for meaningful careers in this. Um, you know, I'm not going to paint a broad brush and be like, every association is perfect and it's great. And you should go work there. Cause as we know, um, <laughs> that's not the case. In fact, I, I don't know. Some those who do consulting services like me probably wouldn't have a job if they were all perfect and hunky dory and rainbows and what have you. But um, um, I just know how much it's it's meant to me. And I also look back and say, you know, if I had had this, whether it be a bit of mentorship or if I had had a bit more direction or even just a place where I could go and talk to people who weren't, you know, my coworkers, but got what I was saying, I'm like, how great would that have been? I mean, obviously, it did okay. But, you know, just kind of paying it forward to the next one. So that's been very meaningful and we do great stuff, but also everyone on the YP committee, again, I keep using this term is just, they're so cool. I look forward to our monthly meetings. I look forward to our banter. I look forward to us getting down to business and actually saying, this is what we plan to accomplish and we're going to accomplish it. And here's how, and you know what we do every year. So mm -hmm. it's just, um, I've really enjoyed that. There's probably others, but I'll stop there. <laughs> No, I think that's a that's a key one for sure. And I think it's it's you know it's a newer group in the association. And I think it's it's done very well to create its mark, right? To showcase what it can what it can do. And I think the goal, hopefully, of that group, right, has been to showcase that this is a career. It's not just a job. And I think we're trying to pave that path for younger individuals yeah. that this is a place where you can make a long lasting impact. Um, and I think that that group has really done some good work there. So we thank you for being a part of it. Thank you. I am a little bummed that I'm not on it this year, but I'm not on it for good reason. I'm I'm serving the society in other ways. So That's right. you're a board member now. I am a, the supplier member. So it's go. um that's exciting too. I'm, yeah, I'm really stoked about that. Yeah. 
brings that YP perspective, I think, to the table there for sure. So how would you recommend that other people get engaged in ISCE um, or just the association industry as a whole? Yeah. So with ISAE, um, if I'm pulling from my own experience, I'd say um, think selfishly, for sure. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that is just um, think about, I mean, just it's all about connecting what it, your passions with what the needs of the association are. You know, like when I'm working with, you know, our boards, for example, and, and one of the things I hear all the time, you know, even though we don't necessarily do like volunteer tiered program development or anything, but I hear from our boards all the time, which is, well, we don't, you know, not enough people are engaged and it's always the same few people and how do we do it? And, you know, what is kind of the very basic approach to that is like, well, you need to create a meaningful experience for your members. And what is it that you can, what are your needs? And then what is it that they want or are interested in? And then how do you create those opportunities to match those? So ISAE does offer quite a few different types of opportunities. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, maybe learning a little bit more, or just reaching out to some of my experience. Sorry, I'm not making more work for you guys, but my experience has always been like, I can just kind of reach out to someone and be like, hey, Millie, or, you know, hey, Mark, or previously Stu, um, what do you think about this? And, and you guys have been great about that. So it's, use this as an opportunity to tap into something that you're really interested in or passionate about, but it's not something that you have to do for work. Um, I think if you come at it from that approach, then one, it's it's a whole lot less stressful feeling. Um, and two, you might actually be able to enjoy it. Um, so uh, come at it from a goal for getting joy. Um, but how to get more involved in the association world. That's a hard one. If you're if you started out like me, who didn't have any idea what associations were until all of a sudden you're working with them in literally, you know, halfway around the world. Um, I think the best way is to actually to join one. Um, a very easy path, I think, for most people is to find a professional association. Um, you know, uh, depending upon what you do, it could be like maybe a trade association, but it doesn't even necessarily mean you have to become a member. But, you know, I mean, associations are just such an amazing resource for education and networking. So maybe it's, you know, I'm, I'm you know, someone I'm like, hey, you know, I, I feel like I really need to improve my skills on XYZ. Well, it doesn't matter if it's being hosted by a technical institute or, you know, a third party organization or university. If an association is hosting it, then you should, then you should absolutely do that. And I think maybe it's through exposure to, you know, non-members in non-traditional ways that can at least help people to under, better understand that it's like, oh, this is yet another interesting resource that can help me as a person and potentially help, you know, those within, you know, my my network or within my own ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be just the association for associations, right? Whatever that profession oh, looks yeah. like, whatever that interest is, right? There's lots of ways, I think, to get involved, um, to see, you know, what you can gain and learn. And I, and I really like, you know, your kind of key point here, which is be selfish. I think that's okay, right? I think we always think of this like selfishness, right? As like a negative term, but I think mm -hmm. in this realm, it's what can, what can I gain from my involvement that allows me to grow, whether that's personally or professionally, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is important as you think about how you get involved, because to your, your point, right, that makes a meaningful experience for you, and that makes it a much more rich opportunity for you to participate in that. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk, especially since the pandemic and a lot more open conversations about the importance of mental health. You know, the term that is going around a lot is this idea of self-care. Well, you know, I, um, I think that, you know, self-care can have a lot of like images or connotations with it where it's, you know, oh, well, it's getting a massage. Well, I mean, yeah, that's great. (laughs) I love getting massages, you know, or it's, you know, taking a bubble bath or maybe it's, you know, doing some yoga or something. But for me, part of my self-care in 2021 as an extrovert that was struggling during the, the pandemic was just to try to find pockets of opportunity to connect with people who I felt got me and I got them. And that's what some of this committee work did. So for me, that was a form of self-care, but again, that's just how I approached it. Not everyone's going to approach it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that. So as we, as we wrap up today, I'm curious, we're starting to ask this question to a lot of folks, but what's one piece of advice you would provide to association professionals as they start or continue their career journey? No pressure. Yeah. And, you know, that's only a hard one just because, you know, like, like you, like, you know, I said, you know, didn't plan to get into associations. And like you said, a lot of the benefit for, you know, professional programming is just helping to make people realize that it is a career, you know, um, you know, so, I mean, just building that awareness can Mm -hmm. be challenging. Um, But, you know, for those that are kind of starting, I would say, first and foremost, take advantage of every single possible educational resource you can. For me, the real turning point, and I know this isn't available for everyone, but the real turning point for me in terms of like, I was going from like, oh, I work with these groups to I want to be in this, this environment professionally was attending IOM. It, because it was just the greatest, I mean, it's four weeks over four years um, or one week a year for four years, four weeks total, but it was essentially the greatest crash course in everything about the institutions of nonprofits, associations and chambers of commerce. And, but that experience was transformational. And I feel that if there were others that could like, Hey, I'm kind of interested in this field. I don't quite know what it means in terms of career. I'm not really sure what it means in terms of skill sets, there's a lot of educational resources out there available to you from associations, dive in. And I guarantee you're going to find something that interests you because I mean, for IOM, it was more geared towards um, current or aspiring executives. Um, and I was definitely on the aspiring side of that at the time. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of folks that came out of this and said that, you know, like, wow, I really love the idea of membership. I like membership development. I like engaging volunteers. This is what I like to do. Um, lots of folks came out of it were, you know, in, in my realm, it's like, wow, the government relations piece and advocacy and lobbying, that's super cool. And, you know, so I think there's a lot of different avenues and technical skills pathways, if you will, within associations, but yeah, eat it all up. And there's a lot of free educational resources out mm-hmm. there too. So just take in as much as you can and then filter out what maybe doesn't serve you but um, lean into what really does pique your interest. And if you do that, there is a pathway for you. You might end up creating your own, like a lot of us have, but there's absolutely a pathway for you. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I really appreciate that. Sure. Well, Erica, thank you for joining us today. This has been a a great conversation. And I I know I always personally get a lot of these. I I know our listeners do as well. Um, if folks wanted to connect with you, uh, they wanted to, to chat with you more on their own, how, how can they find you on the internet? Sure. So I would say um, check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, 
it's just search by my name, Erica Poff, E-R-I-C-A-P-O-F-F. Um, you can go, also go ahead and feel free to email me. Um, it's Erica at talbottalent.com. It's one word, three T's in the middle, T-A-L-B-O-T-T-T-A-L-E-N-T. Always got to throw that in there because you always miss one or two T's um, in doing that. And um, yeah, I think, you know, email or, or LinkedIn are really the best ways to reach me. And I'm happy to talk to anyone if they're new in the career, especially, you know, young professionals, or you're just looking for someone to connect with, because I've talked a lot about that need for my personal needs for connections. Um, I'm here for you. Yeah. Grab that coffee with Erica. She is a a great person to to speak with. And uh, fun tidbit, you probably don't even remember this. You did a CAE thing, uh, right? I think after you moved back to Indianapolis, and um, that was one of my first things I went to as a YP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I now hold the CAE as well. So it was a, you know, it's a fun little kind of circular full circle moment um, to speak with you today, um, just about your impact on associations. Wow. That's, I mean, that was actually, I think my first like formal ISAE event too, because I was pretty new here. And <laughs> and I was also like, you know, talking at it, you know, but that's so awesome, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love that. And by the way, ISAE also is great in terms of the track record for, you know, helping people that aspire to the CA to actually get it. So that's so cool. Yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of You Should Hear This. If you have any questions you'd like answered or future topics you'd like us to explore, please send us an email at info at ISAE.org.